So I was having a conversation with a student of mine during uh, dinner time mm-hmm. uh, on Wednesday, and I mentioned, "Hey, uh, someone you know uh, from your past life is on the podcast," and I just said podcast nonchalantly, and all of a sudden, another student who you met goes, "You mean Daz Meet World?" I listened to that. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And she goes, yeah. And I'm like, just, just send us an email and write a review. We'll send you a shirt. <laughs> Have you not been paying attention? Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Dad's Meat World, your weekly podcast where we travel back in time and this week into spooky time as we two dads get to explore that 90s sitcom that explores what Corey Matthews did where he met the world week in and week out, exploring what a young teenage boy learned every week. I am dad number one this week, Brett's joined by dad number two. Awoo! <laughs> it's Tyler. Yes. <laughs> yes, very spooky this week. We're going to get into a Halloween-themed episode in March. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, before we get there, Tyler, how is it going this week? Oh, boy. Where do I start? Is it a spooky um, week for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, last week was spooky week for us. We uh, went to the doctors and had uh, three ear infections in the four ears of our children. So that's fun. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's healthy, though. Went back to school and work today and all that jazz. Uh, The thing I really want to talk about, Brett, is uh, I went to my first PTO, or for some schools, PTA meeting. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, it did not live up to the hype. And uh, I was quite surprised with how few people were there, which, you know, probably lives more up to the hype than anything else. Yeah, that that probably lives up to the expectation. (laughs) I was like, there is no one here. Like, actually, I walked in. They're like, are you here for PTO? And I'm like, yeah, I think. And I walk in. I'm like, I am the only person in this room. I am not comfortable. <laughs> Need a sad trombone sound for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was fine, though, because I was just like, hey, you know, I, I'm willing to help out. Give a hand. Like, it's not a problem. Just... Mm-hmm. I, was really, I really just said, like, just someone needs to just tell me, this is where you're going to show up. This is when you show up. These are the people you need to worry about. Mm-hmm. This is the job you have. Just tell me what you want me to do, and I'll do it. Yep. So, you know, because there's plenty of other ladies around who definitely have a plan, and they want you to know the plan, and I'm willing to follow their plan because they're right. <laughs> <laughs> I've wanted to get involved in our school's uh PTO for a while just have not been available to make their meetings when they've happened so (laughs) and I I, they sent out some they sent out an email to get involved in a few select committees uh, uh, about a month ago and I went in to sign up for one of them and they'd already closed the the process so (laughs) nice so I guess I guess that tells me that our community is pretty involved that's good Hopefully. Well, and I have to say one other thing, and this is still something that I don't know how to feel about still, but I actually ended up running into and talking with my babysitter from childhood. 
Um, <laughs> it was really weird because she just like said my name so confidently and I kind of just had this surprised look on my face of who are you? <laughs> and she cool. goes, oh, I'm I babysat you. I'm like, no, you didn't. And she goes, no, really, it's me. And she said her name. And I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) (gasps) (laughs) But, you know, the last time I saw her was when she was still my babysitter. So it was when I was a little kid. Um, So, you know, just life is weird. And I, I pulled a probably call a Corey and just sent her a message like hey uh sorry for weirdness today just want you to know just how much i appreciated your time as my babysitter and how awesome you are and how whenever we're picking out babysitters like you're the example i think of too of what a good babysitter is so awesome yeah and she just responded back like i know i really enjoyed that time and happy you were there so She's like, I'm happy you're trying to help out with PTA or PTO. And I said, well, I have a skill for herding cats, so hopefully this will be helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Meow. What's new with you, Brett? Well, our kids continue to be healthy. This week is spring break for them. Uh, Do we just need to have a a counter from now on of which family is not healthy, which family is? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have that yo-yo effect. Your your kids... uh, well, they they bounce back. They're healthy this week. You you mentioned off mic. Uh, my kids are healthy. Uh, you know, knock on wood, fingers crossed. However you want to do it. Um, thankfully, they're healthy. They can enjoy their spring break. We decided to do just a laid back, nice, quiet around the house. We've been playing board games every night. Um, nice. Yeah. So we we taught uh, the youngest one, Settlers of Catan, last night. And uh, at, he just turned nine over the weekend. So how was how was his uh, school wide birthday party? Oh, he had a blast. We we pretty much stuck to the pool area. Didn't go into the gyms at all. Two hours oh, in the pool. The guy's a fish. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> they didn't do safety breaks at all. It was pretty much two hours straight. We had some pizza to start the night off. Nice. And they had so much left over at the end of the night. We came home with an entire pizza. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, he enjoyed his birthday party. One of his cousins, uh, both, well, actually two of his cousins were able to come hang out because uh, they signed up to come out as well. So he got to spend awesome. the entire evening with one of his his favorite cousins. And yeah, there you go. So great night for him. We've been playing board Good. games every night. We're going to play board games every night for the rest of the week. And yeah, we played a little Bob Ross drawing game tonight. Happy little accidents. If you've never played it before, it's a fun little drawing game. You start mm. off with a squiggle, and you got like 30 seconds to turn that squiggle into a something from a drawing prompt. And <laughs> at the end of the game, nice. everyone votes on the best squiggle drawings, and you know, high score wins. So nice, a lot of fun. Um, you should teach him how to play Risk. Eventually. <laughs> He did pretty good at Catan. I will tell you that um, on the Switch, they do have a Hasbro game night, which has both Monopoly, Trivia Pursuit, and uh, Risk. And I've gotten uh, Grayson to play that a couple of times because uh, we have a Switch for um, the youth, and he really likes it. So mm-hmm. yeah. he likes the little uh, display of, you know, the wars going on. <laughs> I, I saw that when we got our Risk, our, our Risk, our, our Switch a little <laughs> while back. So uh, we. We, we may pick that up and uh, I think yeah, I Asher, recommend it. it's only like 1999 right now so yeah I think Asher, down too. I think Asher might like that we'll see 
<laughs> I don't know why, um, before we get too distracted, but I just keep looking at your um, your Smallville Letterman jacket with crows. <laughs> and I just, I have that song playing in my head right now. So <laughs> at some point, if, me. Um, <laughs> at some point, I swear, I'm going to just all of a sudden start singing that. Especially since we have this theme of, you know, transformation and powers and all that Uh, jazz. (laughs) Well, I couldn't ask for a better segue. Why don't we dive right into episode six of season two? Uh, Yes, we can. With that said, of Corey Wolf. Yes, we're diving into episode six of season two, the Halloween episode of season two. Who's afraid of Corey Wolf? Let's start off with a synopsis. Corey is terrified that he may be turning into a werewolf after he's bitten by a strange animal. He visits a fortune teller and instead of offering advice, she confirms Corey's suspicion and warns him about three prophecies, including one in which he kills a girl who deeply loves him. This episode was written by the team of Mark Blutman and Howard Busgang, directed by David Trainer, and originally aired on October 28, 1994. And currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 7.2. This is also one of those episodes. I, I have a, a small uh, collect. Well, okay, it's not small. I have a collection of uh, TV shows where they're Halloween-themed episodes I pull out every year. I have, I have Halloween movies and I have Halloween TV episodes I pull out every year when we get into late September and October that I'll watch every year. This is one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, this is a great Halloween episode. There's no way around it. Oh, yeah. So we dive into the cold open. Very, very short to the point cold open. It's October mm-hmm. 31st. Corey is writing this. This framing device is set up in real time. Uh, it's, it's about 830 uh, and he's he's keeping real time. And Corey is writing with what appears to be a quill pen in. He's leaving a journal. Uh-huh. And he's writing that he's turning into a werewolf and he wants to leave this journal behind for whoever may read it. Amy comes in. The room is uh, the room is dark. It's very, very moody, very setting the mood. Wants to know what he did with her feather duster. And then Corey, of course, howls. Ow! We're very dramatic. And Amy walks out the oh, door. Sorry. Ow! Amy leaves and we're out of the cold open. We have already established exactly what's going on this episode. Corey is turning into a werewolf. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just like how they, because every now and then the, the cold open doesn't always have something to do with the actual episode. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of not really a lot of times just there for a joke, but like it feels like we're telling a whole story this episode. So, yeah. And for, uh, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll give you a little bit of knowledge for anyone who's not really in the know for, I'll get a little bit nerdy here for anyone who doesn't really know TV lingo. Uh, when we, when we start an episode where it's just kind of a joke and that doesn't really have anything to do with the show, like, in the office will start off with a prank Jim plays on Dwight. It has nothing to do with the episode. That's a cold open. Something like Uh this where we dive into it and it dives right into the story and it continues on. This is a teaser and this Uh sets it up perfectly. And so I, I I use the wrong terminology. This is a teaser. 
And so we, we end the teaser there. We cut to black. We come back. And Corey continues on in his journal. I'm drooling more than usual. <laughs> he, he continues this, and it's it's it. I love the framing device, and and Sean comes in, and he wants Corey to guess his his costume, and he's dressed as Corey for Halloween. Gee, Sean, I wish I were as cool as you. There's a lot of hand acting in this episode. <laughs> Sean's doesn't work as well as Corey's does, but I'll get to that later. <laughs> well, Corey is a very express, expressing uh, young man, and, you know, some people just understand people <laughs> like him, if you know what I mean. Oh, good-looking people. I, I kind of wish we were a video podcast tonight because it's, it's going to be an expressive podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so can I just say real quick, uh, I did a bingo night uh on Friday and I'm talking in front of my teenagers and I open myself up to ridicule and I go, go ahead, put things down. And <laughs> one of the top things I put as an option is waving my his hands hysterically. And of course, everybody had it. <laughs> I, I talk with my hands. I, I can't help it. And I pace. I talk with my hands. I pace around. I'm all over the place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Sean dressed as Corey. Uh, they're, they're supposed to go to a Halloween party tonight. Corey's not going because he's afraid that, you know, he's... he's Do you think this is like the cool kids' uh, Halloween party? That's a very good question, especially after last week where Corey was only invited to the geek party. I'm assuming that this is just kind of just a big Halloween party. Anyone who wants to come can come, especially yeah. since we've got Sean's going. And Corey's going with him, and they're meeting. The, well, they talk about Topanga. They're meeting Topanga, but Topanga winds up meeting them at the house. Uh-huh. So all, all three of them are going, and Sean, of course, is the coolest one. Topanga. Uh-huh. Topanga has some level of popularity in the school, um, but and Corey, of course, is the geek, and everyone in school knows this. I'm assuming it's just either school sponsored or it's just big community party at a rec center or something right could be that's my assumption anyway well i mean it always could just be that someone that doesn't worry about popularity is having a party oh, so yes. someone who like, could be at chubby's for all we know it, it could be i would love to see a halloween party at chubby's <laughs> <laughs> well Corey doesn't want to go and sean's not no. sure and so Corey wants to set this up for him can't be responsible for my actions. Only evil will come from tonight. Gonna make your move, huh? <laughs> if I do, it'll be on all fours. <laughs> Listen, I gotta tell somebody. Sean, I am one of the undead creatures of the night. Corey, you can't fool your best friend. Something's bothering you, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, what I'm about to tell you is so bizarre, no one in their right mind would believe it. And I'm your guy. Perfect setup for Corey. We we get this nice little warp effect where <laughs> Corey goes back to taking the trash out uh, earlier in the day, and or uh, the day before. Sorry, day before. Corey meets Mr. Feeney in the yard. They're both uh, coming opposite direction with the trash. Mr. Feeney informs Corey he shouldn't take the trash out. There's a wolf that's escaped the Philadelphia Zoo, and they have a keen sense of smell, so you should avoid taking the, tr- the garbage out. Corey has a nice little line about he has to. It was starting to move. And uh, 
that uh, you know he wonders if Mr. Feeney is is it really smart to keep it in the house? You're inviting them in. Mr. Feeney has a nice little jab about the wolf is out in the burbs, perhaps looking for better schools. And we learn that Mr. Feeney is the acting head of the neighborhood neighborhood watch, so we can add that to teacher, principal, scuba instructor, and now acting head of the neighborhood watch. And then uh, Mr. Feeney goes inside. Corey hears something in the bushes, thinks it could be Morgan, thinks it could be Eric, thinks it could be Eric and a girl. Not an illogical progression for Corey, but gets down low. You get a nice POV shot from the bushes, and there's some growling. Kind of odd, but and uh, whatever Corey sees spooks him, and apparently he gets bitten. And we get a shot of the moon, and then we're back in the uh, the bedroom with Sean. And he wants to show Sean the werewolf bite or the wolf bite or whatever he believes he's bitten, bitten by. Sean doesn't see it. Well, of course not. Everyone knows that werewolf bites heal overnight, right? Mm-hmm. You know werewolf bites heal overnight, right, Tyler? Of course. Well, of course. And Corey's covered in them, Sean believes. So, again, our story continues. And again, we have a little audio. What you're about to see may shock you. Then put a towel on. <laughs> okay, look. Oh my God, I don't see anything at all. Don't toy with me, it's all over me. I've got hair, huge amounts. Yeah, you're right. Where? I've got hair on my chin, on my chest, and other places I don't see where having hair on is really gonna help me. Hey, you're right, look, little wispy hairs. Congratulations, you're going through puberty. At least that's one explanation. Eric, don't start with me. I'm on the edge, okay? Well, it's just what you told me last night about being bitten by this wolf. Well, well, I didn't get a good look at it. It might not have been a wolf. So then it certainly wasn't an ordinary wolf. I mean, I don't know, buddy. One night you're bitten by a wolf, the next day you're the Chia boy. I don't want to alarm you or anything, but I think you might be turning into... All right. So did did your brother ever take advantage of any of your naivete and mess with you like Eric does? Listen, if uh, an older brother does not take advantage of a younger brother's naivety, regardless if they are, you know, four, 14, 24, 30, it just doesn't matter because older brothers just don't care. Um, they're going to take advantage. So there's no way around it. Um, and so, yeah, uh, my brother did, does, and there's just nothing we can do about it. Let's put a pin here. And let's talk about Corey and how rational a, uh, a 13-year-old brain is. I feel like you're yelling at me right now. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Um, now let's talk about how rational 13 year old brain is. Corey uh-huh. is well aware of what puberty is. Uh-huh. Corey is well aware of what the changes are that one will go through for puberty. We already saw him sit through at least one class last season where he has had the information in front of him of what the biological process is. He'll go through 
we can well assume that he and Alan have had at least one talk. He shares a room with Eric. So between all this, he's well aware. So for him to make the leap from, I got bit by an animal, I think it might be a wolf because Mr. Feeney just told me about a missing wolf, to the next morning, I just noticed I'm growing hair in weird places. For him to let Eric put that last piece in place, let's let's just take a moment and comment on the the leaps in logic that a 13-year-old boy will take because this is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, every single person goes through puberty. Period. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate Eric Matthews because he could have just said, "No, don't worry, buddy. You're just going through puberty." But he just chooses to use this moment just to mess with him. (laughs) And he's like, oh, my God, I see nothing wrong. (laughs) Yeah. And honest, honest moment. I have two younger brothers. If anyone listening, any of the good looking people listening had not caught on or or your new listener and didn't hear before. I have two younger brothers. And if a moment like this had ever presented itself on this type of uh, a situation, I totally would have gone full Eric. I know mm-hmm. I I know I had taken advantage of their naivety in other areas. So I would have totally taken the path Eric took. <laughs> I would I would have pushed over the edge there. <laughs> and uh, you know, even having my younger sister if she anytime she gave me a steak, I was always willing to kill it, you know? <laughs> like don't 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 put it up so easy for me to spike it in your face. <laughs> so it's yeah. just, there's no way around it. Younger siblings are always trying to catch up and the older siblings get annoyed. There's just, yeah. that's the circle of life. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's not specific to, to brothers. True. I, I have a younger sister too. And yeah, they all three got it from me somewhat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, 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 do, I will say I really, I really appreciate the analogy that the writers took care to draw between turning into a werewolf and puberty. Here, it's, it's a very creative choice, and I mm-hmm. really appreciate well, that. And it, he has an irrational fear that no one will understand, and he's the only one that's going through this. And you definitely get the feeling like mm-hmm. both. Alan and Turner try to talk to him like, yes, I also went through a change when I was your age. We can talk about that. Not this kind of change. Mm-hmm. And we'll get yes, to those. Can we get to the uh, one time set that we never see ever again? Oh, well, yes, we'll get there. <laughs> so Eric, Eric in his, in his zeal shows Corey, this tabloid, the most well-read publication in the country about a kid who turned into a werewolf. <laughs> and, uh, Jason's cousin met a guy at a party who knows a guy who saw the thing. <laughs> well, the lovely, lovely path there. And, uh, of course, just one more piece of the puzzle for Corey, this artist rendering, 
And uh, they go down to breakfast. Corey's going to leave for school. And in the kitchen, Alan and Amy have this this uh, this case of soda cans that they're shaking with an urban legend at play here where Alan is searching. One of their soda distributors has informed him that some thief made off with, uh, was it three or five diamond rings? put them in different soda cans. Don't know how that would have possibly. I, this is an urban legend in the nineties that I was well aware of. I heard three or four variations of this type of a, of a urban legend. There's also the very popular one of, uh, there were people that would find thumbs or Uh fingers in their soda can. Then they open them, but this is the diamond ring variant. And, uh, <laughs> and so we, we pick up here. I sense there's something on your mind. Uh, well, it's just this uh, math problem I've been working on. If a werewolf leaves a train station going 40 miles an hour and another werewolf leaves at 60 miles an hour, do werewolves exist? Is this about the wolf that escaped from the zoo? Could be. Werewolves don't exist. Relax, it's just a myth, you know. As you get older, you'll learn how to separate myth from reality. What are you doing? Uh, One of our soda distributors heard about this guy who robbed the jewelry store made off with five diamond rings. And he hid those diamond rings in five cans of soda. Thus, your father and other grown-ups who can separate myth from reality have been boosting soda sales. It's a three-carat diamond, babe. I'm so thirsty. Sean, it's more than just hair. I've got strange new urges. Uh, Like last night, I'm watching the movie Untouchables. You know the scene where Capone is about to smash heads with his baseball bat? Awesome scene. Except I'm not into it. The whole time I'm thinking, I wonder how cold the water is on Baywatch. And so we we, we get another another look into Corey's thought process. Yes. Another uh, another flag that should be waving in front of his face. Hey, look, this is what's really going on in your head, in your body, but... Telegram from his teenager. <laughs> um, but I just... As a quick aside, I love the fact that Alan's trying to be like, hey, you know, hey, some things are myth. Don't worry about them. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Well, there's these cans that have rigs in it. And if we get it, we're going to have some money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a three carat diamond, babe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a- and, Amy calls uh, out immediately. It's it's a way to boost sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so... Uh, in the moment, Corey is, he's hearing, he's hearing truth that, you know, there are myths in the world and he's hearing that, you know, werewolves are myths. Don't worry about it. And yet he's seeing his parents falling for another myth. Yep. <laughs> it's a harmless myth, mm-hmm. you know, at worst, at worst, you're going to be purchasing soda that you don't need and just drinking more soda and mm-hmm. spending more money on it. But again, he's being told one thing and it's true. And he's seeing people falling for another myth at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely not helping his state of mind. No, no, it's not. But I mean, around the holiday time, um, we are, we're going to have little special sales and little rumors mm-hmm. abound of what's available, what's not available. And, you know, yep. how, how much was has 
things like the Wii been overhyped because they go, well, they only made so many. So if you don't go out and buy it soon, <laughs> you're never going to get one. Um, oh, yeah. You know, just all those simple little tricks. And, you know, you think about like the Monopoly game that they did for McDonald's. Which, if you watch McMillions, you learn that it was a scam from the beginning, and we, none of us are paying attention to it. But, you know, the <laughs> whole FBI was in on it, except for the fact that no one really got hurt besides, you know, people. <laughs> no one got hurt for it, but, you know, people. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> quick, quick aside so far. White-collar crimes clearly don't get taken care of. It drives me crazy. The whole FBI was in on this, and no one went to jail for a significant amount of time. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Back to the show and the bite watch. Be sure to check in on our sister podcast, <laughs> Conspiracy Theories. Dads meet them. <laughs> no, it's dads meet docs. <laughs> Anyway, back to Baywatch. Um, yeah, so Corey can't pay attention to the Untouchables because he's too busy thinking about Baywatch. Whatever you got, you got a bat. Yes. Sean knows something's up. Because <laughs> Sean's gone through this. Exactly. And, and, so Corey's a little bit behind Sean. And Sean being a friend, of course he's kind of going with it slash messing with him. Of Oh, yeah. Because this is what it's a friend Halloween. does. Yes, Sean's going to give him a little bit of ribbing because Sean knows nothing's going to happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Corey keeps telling his story and Sean, you know, Sean's all along for the ride. So we see Sean's going to gonna let him tell his yarn here. And so Corey f goes on as somehow. You know, a lot of schools have an open lunch period where you can leave campus. So apparently John Adams High is one of them. Yes, a seventh grader was allowed to leave to go get yogurt. <laughs> I knew you were going to have a problem with that one. <laughs> I do have a problem so with that So he leaves one. campus. Well, it is high school. High It's school. not a high school. He's in seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> so he leaves campus to go to the frozen yogurt joints. The one and only time we'll see it. And some occult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where uh, we meet Frank, who is played by Don Kalfa, who uh, passed away in 2016. He had a 40-year career in Hollywood. This is the first and only time that he'll appear on Boy Meets World. And he appeared in such projects as Kojak, The Bionic Woman, Night Court, uh, not obviously not the revival that's airing, airing currently, Hill Street Blues, Twin Peaks, Doogie Howser, Columbo, uh, many others. And his biggest claim to fame that you'll see him in is The Return of the Living Dead. So we meet him behind the counter. He informs Corey that they've got bucket of blood, which is like strawberry, bucket of guts like chocolate, smashed in severed intestines. Doesn't recommend it. Corey wants to know if he can mix blood and guts. Of course, they do all the time. Corey hears a report on the radio that the wolf is still missing and they're getting a lot of prank calls about werewolves because it's Halloween. And Corey comments, you know... There's no such thing as the werewolves, right? There are things, and there are things. I love Frank. <laughs> Amen, Frank. <laughs> there are things, and there are things. I kind of wish we saw a little more of Frank. <laughs> <laughs> and Corey is just... I, uh, 
I'm sure Corey would have fallen for this any other day anyway, but Corey's really in that very easy mark territory now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so Corey is very quickly led to the back room where the sum occult is found, where uh, for $5, he meets Madame Uspinskaya. Who is played by the very, very infamous Phyllis Diller, uh -huh. who was with us from 1917 to 2012. And this is also her first and only appearance on Boy Meets World. She had a 50 year career that ranged from 1961 to 2012. Uh, she appeared on everything from Batman, Get Smart, The Red Skelton Hour, Chips. She had her own show, The Love Boat, The Jefferson's Full House, Blossom, did voice work for Animaniacs, Robot Chicken, was on The Drew Carey Show, was on The Family Guy, and just so many more. Uh, the Bug's Life. Yes, yes, A Bug's Life. Remember, I got to draw a line somewhere when you got a 50 year career. Well, we got to make sure that they can relate to the younger audience. <laughs> well, that's there. There you go. <laughs> so we're in the back room of the yogurt shop and we're going to hear her entire spiel here for Corey. So everyone sit back. Here you go. Come to me, werewolf boy. How did you know? I know many things. I know you were bitten by a wolf. It's true. I know you are now becoming a wolf. That's amazing. I know you are recently divorced. <laughs> what? You're not Billy Joel? No. Well, then you're just a wolf. Uh, yeah, but people turning into wolves, that doesn't happen. It's just one of those myths. Myth? <laughs> I deal only in truth. Do you hear anything in this can? No. Shoot. <laughs> All right, Wolfie, listen. Your body's about to go through many changes. What kind of changes? You will develop the appetite of the wolf, a taste for things you've never eaten before. Please don't say head cheese, because I don't even want it. Then the pentagram, the five-pointed star, will appear in your hand. Is it going to itch? Because if it's wool, then there's just... Shut no up. <laughs> there is more. But it is too horrible to mention. Well, what about for another five bucks? I feel chatty. <laughs> There is a girl who cares deeply for you, but when the madness of the wolf comes upon you, you will repay her love by killing her in a gruesome, evil manner. I would never do that. Because there is no girl who cares for me. Go ahead. Doubt someone who is licensed by the state. You know what? You're nutty. I don't think I believe a thing you say. I'm nutty. You're 30 minutes late to your English class. <laughs> and your underpants are riding up your tuchus. That's amazing. <laughs> so, Madame Uspinskaya is... She's equal parts way off and eerily correct, especially with that English class comment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so uh, episode's got an episode. I get it. Gotta have jokes, but 
if he's 30 minutes late, that means that he was already like 15 minutes late by the time he went and talked to her. <laughs> Even if we're yeah. not seeing the whole conversation, just a sped up version, like you're telling me that he was aware or forgot that he was already late? Yeah. And and here's 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 how it plays out. We know Corey is distracted uh-huh. and he's got a lot on his mind because he thinks he's turning into a werewolf. When he shows back up to school, Turner comments he's 40 minutes late to class. So this is, I'm going to say, five minutes away from campus because he gets back to campus. Right. He's back into school, in time, into class. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say this is within 10 minutes of campus, yeah, five to 10 minutes away. So... By the time he's done with her, is 30 minutes late to class. Maybe he wandered around before he found the frozen yogurt shop. Maybe. <laughs> if he left school on time. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I... <laughs> it's just all part of that stuff about, like, oh, we got to have something funny to happen here um, that just tends mm-hmm. to annoy me. But, like, eh, I mean, all the stuff with... Um, it's right in front of me. I have no idea how to say it, but with Madam Liarface, you know, like just it's all hilarious um, and it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it fits in with the show perfectly and how ridiculous Corey mm-hmm. and Eric can be. So um, in the universe of Boy Meets World, it fits. Yes. In the universe but of Boy Meets reality, World, it fits perfectly. Yes. <laughs> also, that five bucks really gets you far in this show is incredible to me. Well, this was 1994, and for $5 in the back of a frozen yogurt shop, I can see that being a psychic reading. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just ridiculous. And some occult. (laughs) Uh, Yes, because this this is Frank's House of Yogurt and some occult. Uh, so we get we get back into uh, into Mr. Turney's English class, English lit, and he's teaching from Lord of the Flies, and uh, he makes a fun little reference to Gilligan's Island, and Sean thinks he's read this book before, and Corey comes charging in, thinks that if he just sits down at the desk and opens his notes, no one will notice, and uh, Matthew's welcome. <laughs> started class without you you know 40 minutes late <laughs> think hope that's okay uh-huh. <laughs> we just got to this part where this really cool but angry teacher gives this sweaty kid three days detention for being unbelievably late can i get a drink <laughs> <laughs> of course just, uh, distracted Corey is one of my favorite Corey's uh-huh. because he just he doesn't care he's just like whatever can i get a drink uh-huh. <laughs> turner just doesn't he just Ignores him, goes on, he's teaching. And there's this fun little interaction where Sean wants to know where he was, and Corey kind of whispers, I was at a a fortune teller at the yogurt parlor, and Sean thinks he said he tortured a fellow named Yogi Tyler. (laughs) 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 I'm always going to be a sucker for misunderstandings like that. You always get me to laugh with that. Scooba-dooba. That's right. <laughs> Something creepy under boat. Andy. 
we'll be into season seven. I'll still be referencing that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so Corey tries to write a note. What you writing? And uh, Corey's solution to not hand the note over is to start eating it. What you eating? <laughs> it's one of the best examples of just like watching as one of your people that you're in charge to to help and educate and and support just clearly having some sort of mental situation right now and you're just like how do i even what do i do here where where can i start right that's that's the best point clearly <laughs> clearly there's something wrong here and so Corey, of course, hears Madame Uspinskaya's voice in his head talk about the first of the prophecies, the appetite of the wolf, where he'll have a taste for things he's never had a taste for before. And mercifully, the bell rings, class is over. So I'm figuring 45-minute periods here. Probably. And Mr. Turner invites Corey to stick around and, and talk. You show up way late, you're eating paper, yet I think there might be something wrong. I'm sorry, I got some things on my mind. I don't think you'd understand. Oh, well, yeah, because I was never 13, so I wouldn't get anything you could possibly be going. Can I have my keys back? Oh, yeah, sorry. What's this? It's the Pentagon. I got it this summer in Washington. <laughs> the Pentagon? <laughs> the sign of the pentagram will appear in your hand. The Pentagon or the pentagram? <laughs> Same difference. If, if you're talking with a 13-year-old and they're yelling, Pentagon or Pentagram? <laughs> Just Turner must have really been regretting his job on this day is all I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking there's, there's, there's three thoughts that go through my head in this. Uh, the first is I wonder if Corey screaming out loud is for the benefit of the audience. Mm-hmm. And if that was just kind of a to the fourth wall type of thing, maybe it was in his head. If it was out loud, I'm thinking Turner's first thought was, this is Halloween and there is a full moon. <laughs> and he may have just let it go <laughs> because clearly something was going on with Corey mm-hmm. and he may have just been cutting his losses that day. Yeah. Well, sometimes you have to do that. Yes. Sadly, there are some days where you just got to, I, I tell, um, all three of our kids have had those days where it just, you get to the point where it's like. Yeah, everything you do is just everything you do, no matter what, is just nothing is working. Just go lay down in your bed and wake up again yep. and start the day over. Yep. <laughs> so this might be one of those days for Corey, as far as Mr. Turner's concerned. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think the response is in his head, but I think he, I, I think Corey yelled it out loud, running, <laughs> yeah. <while> yelling ah <laughs> as he's leaving the room. <laughs> Running from the room screaming is definitely out loud. <laughs> and he runs into the hall and he runs into Topanga and all of a sudden we get Hello. <laughs> Which I just gotta play that again. Hello. I will say this is just whatever this is, this joke they have of Corey running somewhere and then stopping and going, Hello is something he does <laughs> until the end of this show. And I'm here for it. I love it. It's just for for whatever reason, this is one of those things that just it works with his character. It does that rapid switch flip where whatever whatever neurosis is going on in his head, all of a sudden the, the flip that switch and just go. 
Yeah, you know what I'm thinking of? What this what this episode reminds me of is is an episode down the road that we'll get to eventually where Corey calmly walks into a room and goes, I've had a lot of time to process and think and I've I've gotten through it. All I have is one question. What's this? <laughs> As Sean and Topanga are sitting on a couch in a blanket, and then he pulls it back and just yells, Underpants! <laughs> you know this is how I sleep. Underpants! Yep. <laughs> so just, maybe this is just one of those episodes where they're just, I don't know, kind of getting Corey of his comedy beats when he's mm-hmm. kind of losing it and kind of going in this... I don't know, neuroses, I guess you could say. They're definitely, Hypochondriasm. Definitely finding his character this season, and they're definitely settling right. into some grooves. Mm-hmm. And so Topanga and Corey have this back and forth in the hallway where Topanga is revealing, yes, she does care for him. And that, yes. that just triggers Corey. Does, you got to stay yes. away from me. I'm dangerous. And, you know, just don't, don't care for me. Yeah, that's how it starts. Then we get married, have kids, and I eat them. And just, we can't be together. And then he runs away and Mr. Vini sees him. Don't run in the hallway. We're not animals. Ow! <laughs> Ow! <laughs> I was about to say you missed your cue. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, and we're out of Act One and back for Act Two. We're back in Corey's room, and Corey is telling Sean he has to kill her. That's a real bummer. Finally, get a girl you like, you, and you gotta offer. Uh, <laughs> and Corey's just so wrapped up in all of his drama that he can't pick up that Sean is just egging him on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but Corey's paws are tied. And there's this really beautiful visual gag where Eric brings Corey's dinner in in this dog bowl. <laughs> yeah. And they they howl at the moon together. Ow! <laughs> Ow! Because Corey, Corey tells Sean no one can know, but clearly Eric can know because he's family. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Corey goes down and starts eating out of the dog bowl, and Sean wants to know if he can have Corey's autograph Lenny's Lenny Dykstra ball. No, no. You know, you can't use it. You're a werewolf. I can still fetch. <laughs> but Sean wants to take Corey, on the off chance he's turning into a werewolf, Sean wants to take Corey down uh to the beauty aid aisle at the drug store because if they have something that can take Sean's mother's mustache off, they can help take care of Corey. <laughs> so we yeah. know Sean's mom likes to watch American Gladiator and get her back cracked beforehand, and she has a mustache. <laughs> so we're learning about really... Verna. <laughs> They don't do a good job of really portraying her in any way of being appealing. No, they don't. And we still haven't met Chet in person yet. <laughs> no. Or Verna, obviously. I have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to them later. So. Um, but yeah, I, it's just another one of those jokes about mom. He doesn't really ever make much jokes about dad, and I always find that interesting. But mom is always open for... You know, a little humor. Yeah. Corey goes back into his story. He went back to Madame Uspinskaya and he tells her everything she said went true. She wants to use him for a reference. 
And he, <laughs> I, I do love that. <laughs> no kidding. Can, Can I, I use you, use you as a reference? reference? <laughs> and he wants to know what, oh. it, what the cure is. The only way to kill, to end it, the end of the curse is, of course, first it's it's the the cure for vampirism, which is uh, garlic or a steak. <laughs> Tomato, tomato, <laughs> but it's to be shot in the heart with a silver bullet by one who loves you. <laughs> Miss Miss Manzada cannot be uh, worried about all these things. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's beyond all of this this high flute stuff. I do have to wonder about her um, accountability here because clearly this. 13 year old who's come back to her twice in the same day and now she's telling him her his, his solution is to kill himself <laughs> not a great thing we'll 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 talk more about that in deep dives brent mm-hmm. save that for a all minute. right so we go back to the matthews house in the kitchen and Alan and Amy are coming back from a shopping trip. My stuff! Where's your stuff? Let's see. That would be Wolf Bane, uh, Silver Bullets, Gun. Oh, the lady ahead of me took the last gun. <laughs> Fine, Mom. Is that too much to ask for? That you could take a minute and, oh, maybe save my immortal soul? <laughs> I guess not. But look! You got Morgan's gummy worms. <laughs> share my worms with him. That's very sweet of you. I'll take care of this. It's kind of a guy thing. The crazy ones always are. Point of order. I live in Pennsylvania. There is always places to buy guns. Don't you worry. In 1994, they were much more prevalent, too. Um, Hey, we uh, have Morgan in this uh, episode. Yes, I was going to bring that up. We were just wondering, I believe, last episode if Morgan was going to show up any time in the rest of the season because she is credited. And uh, after this season, she this actress is no longer Morgan. But uh, yeah, Morgan, watch. We do have Morgan in speaking role. We have Morgan. I will say I did watch uh, uh, some episodes later on in the season, and we do have her in an episode or two. But just, just let's just keep that track going. Of you know where when do we actually see Morgan? Yeah. So uh, let's let's see. Let's talk about two things here briefly. What do we think of yes. Morgan's costume? Uh, the last time we saw Morgan Halloween, she was uh, she was a mummy, and she, she was a zombie. Uh, sorry, yeah, you got a problem zombie. with that? No, no, no. <laughs> she was a zombie. No, that, that's, the that's what, dead uh, are cool. <laughs> <laughs> she was a zombie. <laughs> I was thinking about what Alan said to the mean lady oh yes you got a problem with that uh so what do we think of morgan's devil costume this year i mean the girl is adorable there's no (laughs) doubt about it but i'm not a huge fan of that costume in general so uh i think it fits her character i mean yeah (laughs) most baby sisters are i would agree with that (laughs) you hear that baby sister she doesn't listen to this. I don't care. <laughs> hey, I got one too. We'll see if she listens to it ever. <laughs> yeah, let's see which. Let's see whose sister gets mad at whom first. <laughs> the odds are yours would first. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, but point number two. Um, 
we're we're gonna we're gonna have it addressed here in a moment. But um, Corey requested his parents pick up a gun for him. <laughs> um, that might raise some red flags on my shopping list if my kids asked for one. Oh, Wolf Bane as well. Yeah, I probably would have put the I, I would have put the pieces together probably the same as Alan and Amy did because that morning he was wondering if werewolves are real and here he is asking for Wolfsbane and guns but just just a thought there that they're waiting till uh, not not necessarily a comment one way or the other I would have handled it the same way because I would have had a discussion while shopping but just a comment that they're waiting till they come home to handle the issue of hey there's a gun on our shopping list <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and I I will say that I think one of the reasons why they don't have Alan being, for lack of a better wording, a real Pennsylvanian and, and being a hunter is because you can't do storylines like this if there is actually a gun in a house. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when being a gun owner, growing up in a hunting house, you know, a house where we had guns, we always took it very serious. Mm-hmm. We did not touch the gun cabinet. We did not go near the gun cabinet. Mm-hmm. And it was always made very clear to us, if we touch any of that stuff whatsoever, we would be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, that was like the one area where my dad was never going to pull punches from. Not not that he would ever actually punch us, but, you know, we would... The, the amount of trouble that we would be in is f- severe. Mm-hmm. Like... If I thought it was bad as a high schooler getting in trouble and not being able to go to church stuff, you know, <laughs> if I was a kid messing with my dad's guns, I, you know, maybe not be able to sit for a while and I mm-hmm. would well deserve it because guns are very serious things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you, Corey can make that joke because his parents aren't that, but also in TV, typically, unless they are a redneck family, they they don't have those things right and and not understanding that you can be a hunting family and have that not be your whole life mm-hmm. in my head canon alan matthews probably is actually a hunter it's just one of those things he just doesn't talk about mm-hmm. i would agree yeah i mean he eventually buys a, a wilderness store and we already know he right. fishes and they do a lot of camping there do a lot of outdoorsy stuff so there right. you go so uh, let's let's dive into Alan and Corey in the living room. Is this silver? Can I melt it down? Corey, do you know what hormones are? I could get five, six bolts out of this. Do you know what raging hormones are? Yeah, it's one of those rides. Listen, Dad, you love me, right? Yes, I do. Where is this going? I can't melt this down. I'm just being crazy. Here. Throw this at my heart really, really hard. You're going through some changes, aren't you? Yes, I am. Do you know what those changes are? Seriously? No kidding? Yeah. I'm a werewolf. (laughs) Of course you are. And if you misbehave as a werewolf, I'll be happy to shoot you. But on the off chance that you're turning into a man and not a wolf, this could just be the beginning of adulthood. Dad, I'm I'm not becoming a man. I'm becoming man's best friend. Listen, just put some paper on the floor and I'll get the hang of it. Down, boy. Remember when you were little and you used to watch me shave and you wanted to shave too, so I gave you a razor without the blade and you put whipped cream on your face and scraped it off? Hmm? 
Well, maybe it's time I gave you a real razor. It wouldn't have to be um, very sharp, but uh, I don't know. How do you think you look with a beard? Yeah, and, and we finally get on screen Alan talking to Cor- t- talking Corey down from the sledge, at least for the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, calming his fears that you're not becoming man's best friend. You're becoming a man. And yes, Uh on the off chance you become a werewolf, I'd be happy to shoot you. But this isn't you becoming an animal. You're just growing as a man. Uh And we get to see it reinforced that, yes, I do love you. And we get to see, uh, you know, we get to see a gentleness in their interaction that really shows that there is care between a father mm-hmm. and a son. Well, and I, I like this because it also, it, it reinforces of the relationship they had last season mm-hmm. and of him his dad coming up to him and talking to him like, Hey, something is bothering you. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, this is also setting into place of even as Corey is for lack of better wording, sometimes spiraling, um, <laughs> his dad can always be a focal point of focus and talking things out. Um, cause one could argue that Corey is an extrovert and when he internalizes too many things, that's when he starts to spiral and lets his, his imagination run too rapidly. Mm-hmm. But as he tries to communicate to people, if this is what I think is happening, you know, so far, his best friend, his big brother, go along with it because they think it's funny seeing him kind <laughs> of dance and squirm. But, you know. Alan's trying to just be like, hey, let's talk reality for a moment. Reality is you're just becoming a man. Mm-hmm. That's reality. Yep. And I'm willing to take steps to help you in that. But, you know, you have to accept what's happening in yes. your life. Come back to reality. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Alan leaves, goes upstairs to get a razor. Corey goes over the mirror to look at himself his brain tells him that he sees himself becoming a werewolf and runs upstairs screaming. We get another. Ow! Ow! <laughs> uh, we return to the framing device. The circle is now complete. Corey yep. finishes his uh, journal, and uh, Corey's he, now talking to Corey fi- officially. Yes, we he signs <laughs> off fondly. Corey A O Matthews. What's the A O stand for? Ah ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so simple. I love that joke. And it then, uh, okay, but that's a joke <laughs> that they've been setting up all episode. Perfectly. It is. Just it, the amount of times he's howled and it lands. Just they earned it. it that plane <laughs> lands beautifully. Kudos. Very big kudos to Blutman and Busgang. Uh love it. Like a glove. Yes. So Topanga arrives just before nine o'clock, comes into the room. Yep. We get some great nervous acting from Ben, great hand acting from Ben. Sean, oh, yes. Sean leaves him alone because he knows Corey's not going to turn into a werewolf. And we get... Well, it's, <laughs> it's also very clear at this point, Sean is aware that these two like each other. Oh, yes, of course. 
and whether he knew it beforehand or not, he's he is in on this inside joke of the two of them like each other. They just they don't know what that means. They don't know what it means to date each other. Oh yeah, they could date other people, but they can't date each other. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because remember, Topanga already said once this season, she doesn't want to mess with their friendship, and she already turned him yep. down to pair off. So, uh, Corey, my butthead. May I call you butthead? <laughs> <laughs> my girly friend. My friend. But, um, my girly friend. <laughs> we, we get... Uh, <laughs> Corey wants uh, wants to know why she's dressed the way she is. We get this uh, very, very iconic line from Topanga. Because I'm a damsel, but not the distressed kind. One who's very together and in complete control of her own destiny. Yes, and the clock strikes nine, which is when the prophecy says he will turn and kill her finally. He's trying to push her out. I'm not like the other guys. I've got the needs and desires, and I'm not sure I can control them. The moon! You will kill the one who cares for you. All right, you gotta get up. Please get up before it's too late. It's too late. Okay, look at me. Tell me what you see. I see you. No, you don't. You see hair and teeth and the beast within me. No, I see Corey. The same Corey I've known since I was three. I'm not a wolf. I'm not a wolf. I'm not a wolf. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> There's two things I just want to point out real quick. <laughs> well, three things. Let's let's both be honest. Okay. We both are going to point out the fact of how ridiculous. Corey Matthews truly is. But more yes. importantly, um, I like that Topanga says, I see you. Mm-hmm. And Topanga, you know, regardless of what anyone says about her characters over the whole years of who is the real Topanga, what's the real Topanga, Topanga in every single form always sees Corey of who he is. Of this Even person. when his hair is Don King and he's been ostracized to the nerd table. Right. Or even in the future when he's, you know, going through a mental something. <laughs> we'll get there. Thinks thinks he belongs in the same place that his uncle who believes he's Sammy Sosa. Yeah. So does. it's just, uh, you know, I... I appreciate that Topanga always sees Corey as Corey, as this person, almost this beacon, you know, as, that she sees. Um, and, and how she deals with that, she doesn't understand because she's still a little girl. But we know from mm-hmm. the first episode sh- that we meet her, she likes Corey. Mm-hmm. And throughout the whole run of the show, she likes Corey, no matter what's going on in their lives. Um, and the fact that, you know, last episode we had Corey grabbing another girl, you know, ready to kiss her to spice things up, and he thinks he's in way over his head. Yet he looks sick to Panga and decides, I'm going to kiss her. Mm-hmm. They're not dating. He just, that's what he wants to do, and that's what he did. Yep. We can talk about and it. He should wolf. or should not have actually kissed her or not, <laughs> but that's a whole other story for another day. Yes. And uh, yeah, yeah. And so I've, I've got nothing more to add to that. 
you covered it all. <laughs> You're welcome. So we we cut to the the ending tag. Corey and Mr. Feeney are taking the trash out. The wolf was in the zoo the whole time. Don't you hate it when the wolf is always in the zoo the whole time? <laughs> Chowing down on one of the birds. Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, funny how rumors start, isn't it? Yes, isn't it funny, Mr. Feeney? You were a contributor <laughs> to passing that rumor along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't think he is to blame for Corey spiraling. He just no, no, he was of, not to blame for Corey spiraling. Right. I think some of some of his fear generated why Corey also should be in fear, and it's mm-hmm. just. I think it's just that call of for us adults of when we respond to things or how we treat things impacts the young people around us. Yes. And he was passing along what we did find was a legitimate news story. Mm-hmm. They they were missing a wolf. They could not find the wolf. It just happened to be in another place in the zoo the whole time, and they had not found it yet. <laughs> Some pretty bad uh, zoo security, I will say. That's a really horrible zoo security. I'm glad I haven't been to the Philadelphia Zoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Corey hears the rustling in the bushes again, and he uh, decides to come and encounter uh, and, and, and challenge. Come out, you demon beast! Turns out it's a rabbit the whole time, which has a pretty nasty growl to it. Yep. <laughs> and he puts it down and runs away and episode ends there (laughs) so Tyler I believe you've got some deep dives for us people 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 am I the only one who read the summer reading list all right let's start with urban legends good movie yeah well, decent movie. <laughs> yeah. Basically, urban legends are folklore. Oftentimes, they started with a verbal uh, or an oral tradition of telling a story. A lot of times, these stories come from, well, a friend of a friend or a family member saw or heard. You know, a lot of times, these are tales that are about morality or, you know, lessons learned of, you know, uh, when our pride, we're too stuck on seeing certain things and all that jazz. And also just legends of, you know, well, don't go in there because there's a bad thing over there. Our minds, I believe, want to believe that there is evil in every corner and we have to be cautious and worry of all of these bad things. And honest to goodness, most of these just are not true. (laughs) (laughs) But in the dark, our mind plays tricks on us and we see things that aren't always there. That's the gist of urban legends. We don't need to go any more into that. So werewolves. I'm going to go on a limb here and say that most of us on the whole know what werewolves are slash what the uh, history as far as like what they are. Man gets bitten by a wolf on the full moon, turns into a werewolf, you know, half man, half wolf. You know, in different literature over the years, we'll give different takes on what that all looks like. But the generalness of man gets bitten, man turns into a werewolf. It's pretty common. You know, some of it dates back to the 15th. Uh, century in that late Middle Ages, 
but it's all it's all tied into the time periods in which you know people were looking for witches you know vampires all those different type of of things to understand and justify you know that there are these evil beings around here folklore what is things that are mythological it's folklore that is held up over time so let's talk about bunny bites because you know if Corey was actually attacked by a rabbit first of all rabbits can be quite temperamental and are quick to bite and they don't give two craps about uh who you are if you're their owner or not that's right been there mm-hmm. i had a neighbor that had a rabbit and the, his mom always told us do not get your hand in there if you give him some hay or whatever that's fine but get your hand out of the way he will bite it basically from everything i saw is if you're bitten by a rabbit just go wash it with soap and it'll be fine like rabbits really don't carry any big diseases it's mostly just that they have these giant teeth and if your fingers are in the way they're gonna bite it and there's nothing you can really do but basically it's just you know if you're dumb enough to get bitten by a rabbit don't take it out on them because they they don't have the capacity to understand if they did wrong it's not a dog where you can you know teach it of that is bad that's not what you're supposed to do they're more instinctual creatures so let's get to puberty i guess because that's is overall what this episode is all about for Miss Teenager. Thank you. Even though we had an episode last season where we go specifically into the fact of, hey, kids, you're gonna go through puberty. It was made very clear throughout the episode. Topanga's already gone through puberty. Sean is like in the midst of puberty and Corey just wasn't ready for it and he just wasn't starting and everybody progresses at different paces and that's the thing that everyone has to keep in mind. It doesn't matter when you want it to start, your body will just start on its own because it's anywhere between the ages of 9 to 14 that you could start puberty some people start really early around 9-ish and some people don't have it until they're 14 now there's both advantages and disadvantages to that some people can you know start it really early but not really fully finish until later on and vice versa first stages there is no physical change it's just something that kind of starts and then you start to have nick nick cut genitalia scrotum testicles all those things start to change sparse hairs begin to grow around places like your armpit and down uh, by your boys as i lovingly refer to it for my son increase in your height uh, roughly like two to two and a half inches or so per year you know that's the other thing is that some people when they start puberty like when i was like say i think it was like 11 12 ish i started and i shot up in height and then i just stopped (laughs) like i've been the same height since roughly seventh grade about five six so like i haven't grown since i really wish i could have grown at least another couple of inches but you know i digress basically you're just continually growing and changing you start sweating and your body odor kind of increases your vocals start to change one day you sound like a little a little happy kid you know and then the next day you, you sound like this and you don't recognize the voice anymore of the little little kid you used to know but also like things like your muscles start to change as well you're able to start actually bulking up one of the things i heard is that you know for kids that start like working out like doing weights like as like little kids like it can actually be dangerous for them because their bodies are not ready for that and also essentially the thing you need to understand especially if you're young and you're going through it everything changes but everything will be okay because everybody goes through it you're just 
evolving to the next stage. And yes, acne is a thing, but eventually you learn to deal with it or it just goes away eventually. A lot of it is just properly showering and, you know, taking care of yourself, washing your face, all that jazz. So very important. Yes. So, yeah, dear friends, especially if you're young and you're going through some changes right now, it's okay. You're going to get through it and it's not going to last forever. And I, I really do like how they handled the talk for puberty and um, Corey changing in this time period. I think it was handled quite well by the show. I agree. But let's talk about the whole fortune telling thing. Essentially, fortune telling is the practice of using signs and, and the mystic arts and, and hands to palm reading to figure out your future and using cards and so on forth. And basically, it, it's a practice that's been around forever. I mean, it's been most popular, you know, starting in like the 19th and 20th century. But, you know, there's stuff about like crystal balls starting in the first century. So even not to get too into the other stuff, but you see even in different old historical books, uh, stuff like in the Bible about people who tell of futures that are false. And and it's very well documented of who these people are, of, of constantly giving false promises and false hopes and you know, trying to tell the people that well, the things they want to hear and, and warnings of do not listen to these type of people because they're just trying to lead you astray, which leads into uh, a real fun thing I learned tonight, which is there's a law in Pennsylvania that makes it illegal to actually do fortune telling, palm reading and tarot cards outside of a disclaimer that it is entertainment. Interesting. So Pennsylvania, from what I'm reading, technically you are not allowed to claim that you are able to see into, you know, the, the future and, 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 you know, connect with the, the spirits outside of a display of entertainment. That's why you don't have, the, you know, the real Philadelphia mediators. So... And I think it, it's it's fair for you and I to have a small discussion, Brett, and that it, it's well documented at this point that most of the people that claim to be a mediator, most people that claim they hear spirits, they feel things, most of it's not true. Mm-hmm. I, I don't doubt that spirits can connect to us. We can hear things. Intuitionally, we can sense stuff. But to say that there are people that are paid to consistently and accurately constantly get signs and hear things from from the great spirits, that's not real. Yes, I I would I would agree with you. Um, And to be quite frank, no matter your particular perspective on what happens after death, if the best thing someone can do after they die is to hang around here on this earthly plane and hope that someone can channel their thoughts and speak to us, that is not a very great hope. And I know it would bring great comfort to people to know that they could communicate with a loved one who has passed. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, personally, um, from all that I've seen, from all that I have, have researched and experienced, the vast majority of people who claim to have this ability uh, have been proven to be frauds uh-huh. or at the very most 
very lucky to guess what they have guessed. Mm-hmm. And there, I, I am not so bold or naive enough to make the claim that there are not uh, those who may have the ability to tap into a supernatural uh, access that I do not possess. But what they tap into it very likely is not what they claim to tap into. Right. And is very likely not what they think mm-hmm. they're tapping into because what they're tapping into from my perspective and from my belief is not something that is worth messing with and not something that's going to end well. Right. I agree. Well, and you know, the biggest problem in, in believing of a lot of these people that, uh, that say that they can connect to people of the dead and everything is it feels very predatorial, predatory, um, mm-hmm. people that are grieving, people that are hurting and are just hoping to hear something from someone that they once loved. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I believe firmly that sometimes the people that we once loved can in a way communicate with us, but that does not mean that they're ready to give us full sentence and tell us exactly what we need to know. Like they're not going to tell us what stock we need to buy. So that way we can have all the money that we need. But you know, like we, we in our family believe if we see a red bird, it's a sign from the people that once loved us that everything is going to be okay. That God is sending that, that, that creature to let us know that it's going to be all right. Now, mm-hmm. some people believe that when they see a red bird, they believe, yep, that is our, our child. That is our, our mom. Like that's my husband. Like that person is visiting me using this, this bird. Sure. Mm-hmm. Believe that you're not harming anybody by believing that. Yep. But you know, if you're going on national television saying things like, oh, this person is definitely dead and that person's not dead, they're lost and kidnapped, you know, there's I have a big issue when it comes to this because, you know, a lot of people are making money and becoming famous for nonsense. Um, yes. And people do uh, get hurt I, from this. I share the same thoughts. Oh, I've, I've seen far too many charlatans get far too rich just preying on people who are in grief or who mm-hmm. just need an ounce of comfort. Yeah. Well, and, you know, people that you once loved and still love that who have passed can still inspire you and can still, you can still go, you know, if my dad was here, or if my grandfather was here, if, you know, put in person, I love, this is what they'd say to me. And this is what I'm going to do because this is what they would want me to do. Um, you know, and I even say that for, for my, my son that we've lost. Um, I think I've mentioned that before on here. I can't fully remember, but you know, we, we've had several conversations, my wife and I, about the things that our son is inspiring us to do. And some conversations that we end up having that we didn't think we would have. And, um, you know, we go, I think this is what we need to say because of him, or this is what we're inspired to do. And whether or not it's him that's communicating this or not, doesn't matter to me. All I know is that when we, we know we're supposed to do something, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if someone were to try to come talk to me and, you know, tell me things about my son, 
I, I, I don't have time for that. Sorry. I'm not paying you to yeah. tell me about my child that I held and you, you weren't there. So, right. But yeah, um, we can get off this topic, but all I want to say is pet detect or pet uh, psychic. I think that's where we can leave it from there. <laughs> yeah. Crossing over with John Edward. <laughs> so, Brett, should we uh, talk about what we learned this week? You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in honor of this week. This Ah, ooh. <laughs> so, Tyler, what did you learn this week? So, this week I learned the simple lesson of the influence we have is, is way bigger than we'll ever understand. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how we interact with these young people, how we, um, you know, encourage them or, or shut them down stays with them. Um, you know, you could have... A student that thinks you're the coolest person ever and you do all the right things. And right beside them is another person that thinks you're a jerk and they never want to see you ever again. You know, none of us are ever going to be fully beloved by everybody. And that's okay. You know, Feeney was just trying to give Corey information and Corey spun it. Feeney couldn't have stopped that or predicted that's what Corey was going to do. All Feeney knew was, hey, uh, you should be careful. Because he's a loving, caring neighbor, not understanding mm-hmm. that with him saying there's a wolf, that he, Corey was going to take that as a way to say, yes, that is my problem. I'm turning into a werewolf. <laughs> and of course, if Corey had gone to Mr. Feeney and said, you said this, which is what he does later on, Feeney would tell him, I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just we never know our influence and good on Turner this week. And that's all I'm going to say on, on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, I, I learned to uh, always be watching and mm-hmm. always be open because you never know when, especially in my in, in my case, when my kids are going to be ready to go off the deep end, <laughs> whether it's... Um, whether it's something to do with, uh, with with puberty or with uh, a relationship or with a school issue, no matter what it is, any anything could potentially just be life altering or damaging or hurtful, and it it needs it's something that I as a parent need to always be watchful and be open and. And, and to take a lesson from, you know, from the way that 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 Alan and, and, and Turner are are willing to to let to let them speak uh-huh. and to listen and to always be open and ready to to just sit back and to be ready to to respond in in especially in Alan's case in love yep. and in gentleness and in kindness especially when it needs to happen in gentleness and kindness. Mm-hmm. And if it needs to be a time where it's let them run out the door screaming and let them start over like I have in the past, let them run out the door screaming <laughs> yep. and say, 
Hello. <laughs> Very nice. So how would you grade Who's Afraid of Corey Wolf, Tyler? I'm going to be honest for a moment. I've never really liked this episode. Uh, this is typically an episode that I skip. Um, you know, uh, at this point in my watch, it takes me about three seconds to know, oh, yeah, this happens in this episode and going through the, the main story plot. And there's always little things that I go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. But, you know, I always go through and go, oh, this is the one with the werewolf. I'm just going to skip it. I know this one. Um, but this episode really surprised me when I was watching it the other day. And even, you know, right before we, we record, I was watching it again. And I got to say, um, this one is an A minus. Outside of the the episode has to episode things, this episode really it moves in a way that we're not used to in this show. Thus, having that kind of change of pace is nice, and everything is mirrored in this whole. Corey is going through puberty. He doesn't fully understand, and he's spiraling. And mm-hmm. Corey is is him. Corey is becoming the true character that we will know from here on out and really establishing him as this goofball who's nice, who does the right things, but can spiral and make really poor choices. And we just end up watching more of the poor choices episodes than the ones where he's, you know, solid and making good choices. Um, Because apparently we we didn't uh, see too much of uh, parentally approved uh, stuff. But, you know, off camera, apparently he did a lot of uh, things that were considered sweet or good. So, um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm giving this one an A minus. It's a really good episode and it's it's a classic. There are some negatives. I can't give it an A plus or or a straight up A, but I think A minus is quite uh, quite sufficient for this episode. Yeah. And I I give it a a full A. Uh, You know, it's got it's got those couple of episodes got an episode elements where it's hard to work through but i really like like you mentioned the framing device is a solid move creatively it takes some it takes some chances from the normal you know we brought up that that awu joke <laughs> that they work in through the end just creatively it really works and that that idea of framing puberty as a werewolf and tying it into a holiday and just giving Corey this entire episode to go out of his mind crazy to have these adults who care for him finally sit him down and say, look, you're not going crazy to have his friends interact in different ways to have Sean be the great friend and just, you'll walk with him through it and rib him and let him know that he doesn't really believe him, but play into it to have Eric be the older brother and initially tell him no you're just growing up but when he pushes back just all right fine i'm going to be the older brother it's just it, it works on on so many levels for mm-hmm. me like i said i pull it out every year so yeah I, I give it an a well and i'll even say like something that used to annoy me back in the day i don't even know when i'm pulling this from but Anyway, um, I was just thinking about that ending with the the music and the swelling, and then they kiss each other, and like that's just the cheesy horror movie <laughs> like end song, you know, of the monster has been slayed and the the hero and the uh, damsel, not damsel in the stress, it's the damsel, you know, get to have their romantic mm-hmm. moment. So it's good all around, man. Dang it. 
I have to change my answer. It's an A. Straight up. Okay. I'm not giving it a plus, <laughs> but I'm, I'm giving it an A. It's, this is a great episode. All right. <laughs> but there, there is the episode as the episode whole yogurt. <laughs> Yogurt and the occult <laughs> that I can't get past, but this is an awesome episode. So, All right. bucket of blood—it's like strawberry. Uh, bucket of guts—it's uh, mostly chocolate. Okay, you do blood and guts, of course, all the, all the time. All right. So before we uh, before we cut out of here for the week, I've got a dad joke for you. All right, hit me. Specific to werewolves. Do you know what is worse than a werewolf? A uh, mama wolf. A right there wolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and with that, good looking people, we are going to say good night and goodbye, good day, whatever time of the day you're listening to this. And yeah. we'll be back next week where Tyler's going to take the reins for a very special episode, Wake Up Little Corey. Yeah, it's a very special with some very special guests that uh, are always welcome here. That's right. So until then, you can check us out on our social media profiles where we invite you to rate the episodes with us, to leave your comments, and leave comments on our uh, uh, wherever you get the podcast. Leave us five-star ratings so that other people can check us out. And hey, at the uh, all the big uh, Boy Meets World podcasts, let them know we're coming for them. Yeah, we're coming for them. Let them know. <laughs> Let them know that this podcast is different. It's special. And uh, we want them on here to talk about <laughs> this episode, the show, because we love it and we they're amazing people. But we're coming for them. And hey, send us an email because that offer is still out there. First people to send us an email, send us a question, leave us a review. You will get a shirt of your choice from our shop, which is at dazmeatworld.threadless.com. So search for us at dazmeatworld, and you can... Uh, Come on, people. You can do it. <laughs> so Don't make me pull then, that dad voice out. <laughs> until then, good looking. I'll see ya. For you, good looking. <laughs> you can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios. Tell your story. So do you like how we started off last week's episode? I did. I did quite enjoy that. I've, I've listened to a couple of podcasts that will do like a cold open. And I mm. normally I don't mind those because um, it's almost like, you know, you're kind of getting started with a joke and getting a vibe before you even say hello. So, yeah, I like the idea of a cold open. It's just it's difficult to come up with one. And there's just nothing we can do about it. Oh, I wonder if my battery's low. This is the episode where Alan Matthews finally shows he's a real Pennsylvanian and he gets out his rifle and shoots a wolf. <laughs> I wish. Mom is always open for, you know, a little humor. Yeah. Hi, ow.
Hello, kitty. And I, I firmly and truly, in my head canon, Alan probably... <laughs> so could you see the cat coming up and smelling the back of my head? Yep. <laughs> Feel his little nose just like rubbing up against my ear. I looked away for a second. I looked back and you start laughing. I see it. Like, he was not there when I looked away. <laughs> He is sneaky. Um, so, anywho, 